0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, and I have with me uh, a friend of mine, as they're all friends, like Rick and Friends. I wouldn't say some. No, yeah, some some are friends, some are associates, some are just people I know. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, Leanne T D, who's a school trustee uh, and also a trustee on the Glenmore Ellison Improvement District. So welcome to the big show.
1: Hi, Rick. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: So we're going to talk a bit about a whole bunch of stuff, but I wanted to dive in with um, what what makes somebody be a school trustee. I mean, what? Because you, you, at the time, I think you had kids in school, and then, but there there must have been a thought process before you jumped in and threw your hat in. Was you know you, you, you just wanted to uh, to help out? You wanted to assist? You wanted to 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 make a difference? And and what led to that decision? Because I mean, being any kind of trustee is a is a big decision.
1: Mm-hmm. It sure is. Um, it started, actually, it goes way way back. I started out with federal politics, in behind the scenes, and just got involved with actually on Ron Cannon's um, uh, electoral district association board. And it was just conversations with people and getting involved in the community and looking for ways to be involved in critical, critical points and, uh, um, conversations with some other trustees, uh, led to, Hey, why don't you run? And the challenge was on the table and I took it.
0: It's, it's funny though. You didn't want to just sit back and just criticize the system like a lot of people do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... I do that sometimes.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people do is they just go, "Oh, uh, I'll just, I'll just hammer out some thoughts on my keyboard, and that'll be, that'll be my input." Um, but uh, tell me about you know public life and and the fact that a school trustee, there's a whole bunch of contentious issues that go along with being a school trustee. But some of those meetings must be really long and and tough on the family. I would think.
1: Well, I have a husband that does laundry and cooks dinner. So Ooh. it makes my, makes my, um, political life a lot easier knowing that the home life isn't falling apart when I'm not there, but the long meetings do, um, they do impact a lot of things. Like my kids know not to schedule anything for Wednesday nights, for instance, when there's uh, school board meetings, but, um, I think it has to be a team effort, right? And I actually overheard one of my kids talking to somebody one time and they said, my mom's a lot happier when she's busier. Really? And they were really excited when I got elected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you want to fill your day, I I would think, and be productive and, and adding to the conversation versus taking away. And I think I've known you for a long time and and when i when i asked you that one time i said can you please help me with this canadian culinary championship you said sure what do we need to do and it was it was wonderful because i needed that help obviously and but you you jumped in both feet and and didn't really hesitate so and 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 along with the the water district that seems to be it seems to be the thing you do like you just you like to jump in you like to be busy like that makes you I That's, do. That yeah. fills your cup.
1: Well, I've, you've heard the saying: if you want to get something done, ask a busy person. Mm-hmm. And I like accomplishing. Like I'll, I, I was late for a meeting one time, and somebody said, "Oh, you're, you're, you're late." And I said, "Well, you'd be surprised what I accomplished in those few minutes." <laughs> and they never commented again if I did come come in late. But it's um, it's one of those things, you know, you just you see what can be accomplished. And you just get out there and do it. And, and when somebody who does some pretty spectacular things like yourself asks for, I didn't even know what the culinary competition was when you asked me to be totally honest. I had to research it before that, but it was a really fun experience and met a ton of people along the way. And, and it was just, it was good. Yeah, but I mean, why haven't you asked me again?
0: Well, I think they didn't ask me back. That was part of <laughs>
1: I won't read into that. <laughs> Maybe we caused some problems, and we have known each other for a long time.
0: Yeah, we have, and and it's uh, it's been wonderful too because uh, there's certain parts of of you know discussions I'll have with my kids who are going through school that I'm able to reach out and and ask for clarification, and and uh, you've been invaluable for that. So I do appreciate it. Okay, so you have this uh, school trustee, and and. When is the term up, I guess? That's the first question.
1: The term is up in October.
0: October, okay.
1: I believe. Well, the election's in October.
0: And are you running again?
1: (laughs) I didn't think that was on the list of questions.
0: Inquiring minds want to know.
1: How about them BC Lions, eh? (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: and, and I do understand because part of what we chatted about is is you have a husband mm-hmm. who, um, and I think when anybody puts their hat into the ring for anything, it's the spouse who's involved too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it's never one person running. The other person is running too. And they're mm-hmm. going through the, because somebody has to help, help around the house and a whole, a whole bunch of things. So has he indicated he's running?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, if Nathan, if Nathan was here, his answer would be yes, she's running. Okay. So, I we are still in discussion.
0: Okay. And and listen, it's it's a high level and and uh, I just I feel better knowing the future of our kids is in your hands. But that, uh, wh- whatever. Um but tell maybe just tell the listenership and we'll get into the the water district side of things, but what does a school trustee do because a lot of people are probably confused by do you set curriculum? like do you like what, what is uh, a normal school board? And none of them are normal. I know the, the, the meetings are never normal, but what kinds of things do you set for the schools?
1: Um, the curriculum curriculum is set provincially. So it's not it's not in our hands. Um, we are responsible for balancing the budget and we, we just did that at the end of the year. Uh, um, we're responsible for facilities and planning, five-year plans and all of that sort of thing, advocating to the province for specific funding for, you know, um, <clears throat> um, Rutland Middle School would be one of those things. Well,
0: I know. I, 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 I wasn't going to ask, but I'm going to ask. Like, mm-hmm. it, that is seems to be a critical... It's a critical issue, and and I know how
1: mm-hmm. how much
0: in disrepair it is, and that kind of thing. But that's on the slate, I would imagine.
1: It has been for fifteen years, I believe. Wow. Mm-hmm. It comes up every year, and we meet with the MLAs once a year, and that's always always one of the hottest topics that we discuss.
0: So how, and and again, I I know you've advocated for it, but how does it not happen, and how because I mean. Anybody in Rutland's gonna go, well, wait a second, you built new schools, brand new million dollar schools in the mission. Like what's going on? Because just from the optic standpoint, obviously that's <laughs> that hurts. And and so is there is there a thought process or how does that even work? And because I know the school board, conscientious group of people, they want to see it, but why does that not happen?
1: It's a it's a different they have a, a different way of looking at our requests. So we put in our top five requests. So let's say it's uh, a new school for Rutland Middle, new school for Glenmore Elementary, um, and or well, those would be replacement schools, right? So replacement school for our two oldest schools, a new school for a uh, high school in Glenmore, <coughs> um, what have you. So the, the top five requests, and then they would take those and put them into different buckets. So our our request to replace Rutland Middle School would then go into a bucket for all of the schools in Surrey, which is a, a very overpopulated district, and it would compete against their replacement schools. So it's so provincially we fall into these subcategories in a different way than what we submit. So our top choice could become the 36th you know, in a a long list of other requests from all around the province.
0: So basically what the the province may or may not be thinking is, okay, we already have a school, and even though it's in disrepair, it's still functional, you still have students attending it, versus we have a growth area where we, we need to fulfill, where a lot of students you know, they just don't have a facility to go to school. So we're going to, we're going to build that based on the priority sequence. And from their overview standpoint from Victoria, they're thinking we're doing the right thing because we're just, you know, and again, I'm trying to justify a position that maybe can't be justified, but, (laughs) but they're thinking, okay, we're getting students into school at least, uh, even though the school's not, not functioning very well, but at the very least, we're getting kids to school, which could be their their overview, their mandate, whatever you want to call it.
1: True, um, we are competing against seismic upgrades, and there's all sorts of competing issues with that, right? So we can keep we can keep asking, and we've asked in different ways. We've asked as a replacement school. We've asked as a new school, like if we move to a new site or if we, you know, opened up a a different school. I don't want to name any schools because I don't want anybody to think, oh no, they're going to tear down my school. Um, um, like looking at it from every possible angle. And we have incredible staff who have years and years of experience in this. And they they try it from every angle, trying to get the attention of those people who are holding those purse strings so tight, right? So if we can guide the money, and that's the that's the tough thing too, right? The new school the new school builds are in a whole different category than these other ones. So, you know, we, we understand what the community sees, but behind the scenes, it's it's a whole different language that we have to speak. And
0: so, the the province places these uh, schools in different buckets, and I understand all that. But it's got to be tough from a, a public profile standpoint. Of you must get a ton of emails, feedback, what have you from angry parents saying, what about us? So, uh, you know, and, and again, it's all about, you know, maybe a vacuum of, of information that they don't have uh, access to or whatever, but is there any way to communicate that, that thought process? Because, and I know some people are all about, you know, actions speak louder than words, but is there any way to send that message to them saying hey we're we're knocking on the door but nobody's answering and we're trying we see it it's not like you don't see the school and you don't see the the issues it has but it must be frustrating from a standpoint of you trying to do the right thing and and yet you still get this this angry feedback because i only i only see and hear about some of the comments but some of them are are really quite
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you, you got to take the emotion out of business, right? <clears throat> and so as a politician, it's, uh, well, I'm not a politician. I've just been elected.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but a public official for <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. Yes,
1: that's true. Um, we do, we do have great conversations with our MLAs and we have wonderful MLAs that are doing good work. But look at what party our MLAs are a part of and who's deciding on the funding. And I think that says it all. Uh, but to go back 15 years, it wasn't always the same. So it is a bit of the process. And I think the, the dialogue could really change between the provinces and the districts. Our district is in a little bit of a, a, a tough situation because we are such a large district and a growing district. And the districts break into branches. So of the 60 districts in BC, we have a branch of nine. Which is the Thompson, Okanagan. And there's a lot of smaller districts, and we're like, we're in the same district as Revelstoke.
0: Interesting. Okay. I didn't and know that.
1: The, the issues that Revelstoke has are entirely different than ours. And it's it's often frustrating to meet with our, our branch because we're just, we're not all dealing with the same thing. So we're not a unified voice. Like if we were nine growing districts, we would have a much stronger voice going to the BC School Trustee Association who would then go to the province and have that discussion, right?
0: I think it's that that coordinated voice that you would need in order to to move things. And the MLA question is a big one because the NDP is going to follow party lines and, and let's face it, we're not an NDP riding. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think it would be a, a tough uphill swim um, with with that whole conversation because you have a, a disjointed voice in a way uh, coming to the the BC School Trustee, which which it sounds like they would be representing different constituents. So I can see where all the problems may or may not exist.
1: Yeah, and I think my my aha uh-huh moment as a trustee was my first in camera meeting. That first time having those discussions of the things that you can't speak about publicly, that was when I realized, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to watch when you get a trustee that runs. I mean, I'm in, well, my second term as a school trustee, my third term as a water district trustee. And when you see a new a new trustee come in who has a bee in their bonnet, and then they go into an in-camera meeting, and they're like, oh, that bee's not buzzing. So... <laughs>
0: Someone, interesting. Yeah. So then,
1: what am I here for? And you see this shift, right? And they realize, oh, we have to, we have to actually work on the business of schools. I can't just, I can't just always talk about what I campaigned on, whatever that was, right? So it's a little bit of an awakening happens in those in camera meetings.
0: Okay, we'll stick with the the school trustee stuff because I find it interesting. Um, what was your other than the in camera meetings? Was there other Uh aha moments because I mean obviously people have a thought and or an idea of what they want to accomplish what they want to do otherwise why would they run and they get to that table and then all of a sudden they learn some of the crafts of of politicking and and being in public office and and I think those that understand the game and yes it's a game uh start to move the needle a little bit more than those that that you know, fail to, to see all the signals, but, um, was there various things that kind of came to you after that first term where you went, oh, okay, now I know how to kind of navigate these waters.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, the whole, the focus on the district is what usually comes up in the municipal elections, but there's a provincial focus. There's a, um, you know, there's, there's the whole financial focus, like when we're, when we're sitting down with our auditor and going through the financials and, and then sitting on the committees and discussing building and planning, like there's strategic planning that goes involved, that gets involved in all of that. And there's a requirement from the province for each district to have a strategic plan. So, you know, that's a new thing. Some of these districts were just on the fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants policy some didn't have any policies in place. So our district is miles ahead. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to d- to run for a trustee is reading through their policies and their procedures and their trustee handbook and you know there's lots of districts that uh, don't have those guidelines. So you've got all of these trustees that come from their trustees are a whole different breed because I came from I came from the federal world where you know where i was in ottawa and i met all kind I met justin trudeau and you know all these sorts of I won't people hold that against you. <clears throat> yeah and um being a, a delegate at the convention in calgary in 2012 or i think it was 2012 and you know just meeting ministers and all of these people in suits right and then you go to a provincial uh bc school trustee association and these people are salt of the earth and
0: mm, track suits
1: well no <laughs> but well, maybe after nice the meetings, track but, suits yeah the lure okay. ones Ooh. no um they're really nice people and they're you know the farmers and homemakers and some of them are retired teachers themselves and and um bus drivers like there's all kinds of people that come to be trustees because they have kids we all have that common you know, that common cause, or they have grandkids, or, you know, whatever brings them to it. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I was, allergies. Um, uh, they I don't know, they're not polished politicians. Right. They're just, they're,
0: well, they're there to work and they're mm-hmm. there to get things done.
1: They're people who give a rip. Yeah. And they know that education is the foundation of our community. And if we want unity in our community, we have to have a solid education and foundation and our kids need to be safe and healthy and, and learning and growing.
0: So let's talk about uh, a trustee that's um, no longer with us, Raleigh. <laughs> he, uh, so from what I understand, because I understand that time when um he passed and and you mentioned like he said he was a mentor he helped you along um he cared deeply he was committed that that seems to be from what you just said that made me remind me of of this guy that came along and and really moved the needle I, i think he was one of those guys that um had the experience too and that was the other thing is you need mentorship and legacy and experience on the board. Otherwise, everyone's going, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, this is, and I think he was one of those guys. So it was a really big void, I guess, after he left.
1: Yeah, it was huge. And you're going to make me cry because I really miss that guy. He was the final voice that convinced me to run. Was he? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was a big, giant question mark, and I had a, 20 minute meeting with him. And I walked away going, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And he had it all. He had, he had, he was a teacher and a principal and he had, he had like, he had credentials, the length oh, of, like him, as of as his arm. Oh, like as long as your arm. Yeah. yeah. And, and he knew how to do business. I don't, he, he wasn't like, I come from the business world, right? I sit in the boardroom, for all kinds of things, for all kinds of reasons, in all kinds of circles. And he he knew how to run a meeting. There was no emotion in it. And it ticked some people off, right? Because there's a lot of emotion. That's the one thing about being a trustee that I found fascinating was how much emotion comes to that room. Right. Sure, You've got yeah. parents who care and grandparents who are angry, my grandchildren and you know, and the the people around the table have emotion because they probably had some kind of bee in their bonnet to begin with to get going and they come because they probably still have kids in the in the district too but Roly even though he had all of it he had kids and grandkids and all of this history he took the emotion out of it and it was i i'm not here to make friends i'm here to make a decision <laughs> see
0: i I I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him. I think I only met him when people were on the campaign trail and and just a few words here and there. But yeah, I've always appreciated that, uh, the no-nonsense, we're here to just get it done and we have a lot of work to do and let's get going.
1: Yeah, and even his campaign was one word. One word on one sign and he would stand out. Just the week before the election, he would stand out on the road and twirl his sign that said Cascione on it. And that was all he did. Did you ever see a Rolly Cacchione sign on the road?
0: That's interesting.
1: Not a one. And and that sign was from... He told me the story about the sign. I don't even remember what it came from. Way, way back. And his... I think his brother had it made for something. I don't know. I don't remember the story. You'd have to ask Mary. But it's... Uh, I remember driving down Glenmore, seeing this sign. And I thought... Who is that? Like, what is he doing? And, I mean, I knew who he was because I had met him before, but that was the extent of it. And here I was, you know, with my whole campaign structure and my website and my signs and my blah, blah, blah. and, And he's out there twirling this thing. And he had, like, I think he had the whole family. And, you know, a cousin from Trail came up. But, like, I don't know who was all on the street, but it was just the most remarkable thing. And then... He's a man of few words and he would just come to the boardroom and, and and when the agenda was done, there's a, if you look at the board agenda, there's a bunch of little housekeeping things or whatever at the bottom. Is there any new business? Are there any da, 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 you know, questions at the end? He would have his laptop packed up and on his lap, ready to go before it was even finished and, and just no nonsense and he'd be gone. Right. So.
0: It, uh, so I'll, it's a bit. Self-serving, of course, but my my father was a uh, no nonsense guy, and and uh, at his funeral, the mayor, the ex mayor of Devon Alberta, came over and he says, "I have a quick story I want to tell with John Madison," and he reminds me of Roly. <clears throat> he said, uh, "Just before I got uh, sworn in as the mayor, um, I was pulled aside, and and, uh, and he says I was shaking, and I thought I've I, I I I've made a big big mistake. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be running for mayor, and I shouldn't have won." So he tells that to my father, and my father pulls him aside really close and whispers to him, we got a lot of stuff to get through this year, so you're going to pull on your big boy pants, and we're going to get stuff done. He says, it was uh, that moment that told him everything, which was, we are going to get stuff done. And and, and you know, I, I just have so much uh, respect for people that, again, thankless job, but they throw their hat in the ring. So good on you.
1: <laughs> is that you saying thank you? It is. <laughs> thank you. Thank
0: goodness. Education. Okay, so let's let's talk a bit about that. I mean, obviously it it molds futures, it it uh helps our children and it's uh it's a wonderful thing. And I just want to touch base with the wonderfully about this one aspect and again, you don't have to say anything, but I I'm just I got a comment from my daughter, and it was she was in community-based learning. So, and again, this is how I understand it: grade six, seven, and eight are put together in a classroom, and they have different subjects going on. And again, I don't know all the ins and outs, but for the most part, um, I got a comment from her which said, "Yeah, I've, I've, you get virtually the same." type of content for the three years it gets progressively harder but for the most part a lot of the same content is there and as you know lee i teach at the college i teach marketing and business and that kind of thing and i thought to myself that would make it so much easier for a professor to to just tweak the content for each successive year that the student was there i mean it would make it Wonderfully easier for me to, to put that content forward. Now, is there something I'm missing? Because this seems fraught with danger is to have the same content that they've seen three years in a row for people to get bored and, and not really challenge them and, and that kind of thing. So again, I don't know enough about it, but this is what the Rick and friend show is all about is learning. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, You are not alone. I have heard a lot about this topic. Um, I even had a parent call me about it before I knew what it was. And then when um, Canyon Falls Middle School was built, that's when I actually started to really understand what that concept means, because it's got physical, uh, physical dimensions in that building that it really explain it. You know, you've got these four classrooms and these garage doors go up between the classrooms and then you have one area, right? So um yeah, I did have uh early, early on I had a dad contact me about his ride home with his kids. He was carpooling and he had three girls in the back seat and he said, I don't understand what i just heard and it was it was about that and these were overachiever type students and they said we're in a classroom of 60 kids and i have to wait for the attention of the teacher and it just doesn't come so it's it's one of those things it's a mystery to me i don't know if it's a successful Uh, Experiment. I don't know what what uh, what really is to come of that, but um, I hope we're I hope we're analyzing the data appropriately.
0: And and I think it's interesting too because based on again what I understand, I don't understand all the complexities around why it's happening. Because I would I would assume there's research and studies and, but I mean. I have, unfortunately, I came to this this conversation later because I, you know, you basically as a parent, you're like, I'm going to clothe you, I'm going to feed you, and then I'm going to send you off to school, and then I'm going to touch base on on homework, and we're going to work through this, but as far as the concept or the structure around learning, we give that to people that specialize in that area, like, you know teachers and principals and trustees and, and provincial bodies. And, you know, you just kind of hope, okay, well that structure makes sense to me. But then I come to this conversation one night and I'm like, hold on, wait a second. So you're saying grade six, seven, and eight, virtually the same learning happens, but just slight tweaks. And I'm like, wow. I, and so she's so excited to head to the next, uh, phase of her learning, which is more, you know, it, it, it's based on, grade 9 10 11 like that's the learning. And yeah I'm, I I guess the more information is needed but from this standpoint I think I would fundamentally have larger issues surrounding that but I hope by grade 9 grade 10 there's you know she's caught up or <laughs> or something good has happened as a result of this. That's that's all I'm going to hopefully indicate. So have, having some good times with Lee here. <laughs> who's a friend and and uh, ultimately someone who's got her b- back with kids and education and learning and all that kind of stuff. So let's, let's dive into another fun one, okay? Um, and I think I told you this story, which was uh, my daughter came home one time and she said something about some learning that took place, sexual ed learning. Oh, <laughs> and, Rick. Uh, <laughs> and I was like... Do we
1: have an agenda here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I said... Oh, and what was interesting as a result of that conversation, I, you know, I called you and I said, I, you know, I think there's certain kids that are ready for that information. and I think other kids are not. And, and, you know, there's, and who's to say who's ready and who's not. I mean, you have to do a psychological evaluation with each kid, which is not going to happen. But what was interesting was asking the question, did you hear about this in the classroom or on the playground? And I think that was an interesting distinction, which I think you asked me, which was, which one of those? And I think that's where, but we get so emotionally charged up with anything involving our kids that sometimes we lose that perspective. Like, where did you get the information? And it was a good question you asked me to ask her because... Yeah, I think things can go sideways pretty quick if we don't ask that question.
1: Mhm, very quickly. And I've I've had lots of calls from uh, students. I had a uh, one young lady from grade she was in grade 9 at the time. She has since graduated and she called me up and she goes, "Mrs. Titi, we need to talk. What what is happening in my classroom?" And we had the same conversation. I said, "Did you hear this from the instructor or did you hear this from another student in the classroom?" And we clarified it. I took my questions to the To the superintendent, and we had a discussion, and um, it's one of those things, right? I had my own one of my own kids came home and asked me what a condom was, and he was way too young, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" whoa. Like, was this from like was this in a class? And he says, "No, it was some kids on the bus." So understanding where they're getting the information from is important, but also understanding that there may be an adult who is in charge of your child all day long who has different worldviews. And parents need to understand that you're handing your child over and you're trusting them all day long to someone you don't really know. And parents need to be involved. And the, the rights of parents are being, um, what, what's the word?
0: Uh, overwrought? No. Um, I, I I would I I know what you mean, which is mm-hmm. I I think, and and this this goes for our family as well, which is you cannot be too involved in your child's um, perspectives and ideas and and narratives and and what I mean it and and sometimes it's tougher with shared families. Like I mean I have a you know I have kids in a separated relationship where they're half time with me and half time and and sometimes i i think you know actually we get along very well and and we were very much interested and, and involved but sometimes you just you know there's going to be patches where you are like you miss out on and you don't know do you have that ball are you carrying that like and so i i i think it's uh it's an interesting um, perspective of you have to be involved because you have a great point which is you hand it over to another person who has their own experiences who has their own thoughts and, and now you have to basically make sure that they pretty much we talk about that around the dinner table and I think we lose that. I, I think as a society we're so busy that I think we lose that, that dinner chatter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Talking around the dinner table and and understanding what, what our family believes, right? And for kids to go to school and hear something that's not congruent with what they've learned at home, that can be really confusing for kids. And for them to know, you know, it's okay to go and hear that. I mean, straight up our family believes in creation and our kids know they go to school and they learn about evolution. And, and what we actually did with our kids was we looked at the evolution of evolution and went back to where did this come from? It was a theory in the 60s, and then the textbooks changed, and as you watch the evolution of the textbooks, you see this theory is now being taught as fact. Where did it become fact, and how did we we learn that? And when you have that discussion, they look at it entirely differently when you understand how the information is coming at you. And, you know, just sending your child off for a whole day and hoping that they're going to learn to read and write and type on a keyboard and, you know, hoping that that's going to be taught. You have to know, like typing, for instance, is not a course in our district. So it's, you know.
0: It'd be voice to text soon anyway.
1: (laughs) That's even worse. Oh, my goodness. But for parents to know that. You know, you have to be involved, and you have to know, like to get a program for your child to practice typing at home. That's something that this district is kind of expecting of the family. But my, and one of my campaign platform items, the first time I ran, and I think I left it on the second time. I'd have to look back at my notes. But um, it was parents should have the right to raise their child the way they want to. And whether you want to raise your child in a home that has no beliefs, or some beliefs or rigid beliefs in, you know, how your family acts together and how they, you know, if you go to church, if you're a Muslim, if you're Buddhist, whatever that is, if you're atheist, I think you have to have the most faith in the world to be an atheist. (laughs) But, you know, if you want to raise your child that way, you should have the right to and not worry about sending them off to a teacher that is, you know, completely different beliefs that they're going to confuse your child and that's that's a tough conversation to have because there are people out there who think certain parents are terrible parents because they have strong beliefs in something
0: okay so let's talk about the glenmore ellison improvement district trustee that's a big long name hey is it thank you um so unsexy it's not that sexy (laughs) To be honest, like, I mean, I spent a lot of time on the school stuff because I have a kid in school. But I I know how profoundly important it is to a region. And I know how important water is to us. Um, and those two things mix. But, I mean, a trustee of a water district, I mean, high-five Lee. Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, I, I want to go back to the why. Why would, you, why would you do this? Why would you do this thankless job? And, and, uh, and really, I don't know, is this <laughs> why? Why did you do that?
1: Why not? You drink water. Mm-hmm. We all do. And it's important. It's, it's one of those things that is vital to life. And education is important, but we could be educated in different ways. But water is one thing, and everybody needs it. Every business needs it. Every farmer needs it. Every home needs it.
0: But we take it for granted. We sure do. We do. I mean, it comes out of the tap and goes down the toilet. Like, I mean, whatever. It's just its all around us. So I guess, and we have this big lake out there. So we're, I don't know, I I went boating yesterday. I thought about water then. Mm -hmm. But that was it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm yeah it's it sounds really simple, and we get snow and rain every year, and you just don't think about where it comes from. But Glenmore, twenty years ago, had really gross water. It was because it was surface water. It came down a mountain through rivers and creeks and what whatnot that had leaves and sticks in it. So it basically was tea, right? right. it was it went through a cleaning system, but if you soak a tea bag in a cup of tea, you're not going to get the color out of it. Right. So even though they had good treatment for their water, it didn't look great. But through technology and advancement and a lot of work, they now pull water from a deep layer in Okanagan Lake and it is pumped up. And it goes through a pipe that goes through McKinley Reservoir, but it's not from the reservoir. People think we still drink that water from that open reservoir but we don't it's all it's all um lake water Mm -hmm. so it is probably the best i think (laughs) and and we pump it right up to ellison like we have the whole district we've done a twinning project out to, to ellison so they have lake water i believe everyone out there has it now you know and we have to regulate fire flows so you have to have enough drinking water for everyone and enough for fire trucks to go up and hook into and deal with a fire and not drain mrs smith's tank (laughs) you know down the street so you know making sure there's enough pressure and cleaning systems and flushing systems like i never understood how they flush a system you have to go to the end of the line where all the sludge would
0: oh yeah, yeah end
1: up and flush that out i was driving down the street last week um and there was one of our trucks was in the middle of my street so i Pulled over and I got out and I said, "Hey guys, what you doing?" <laughs> and this guy, uh, Brendan, he's a really, really cool guy that works at GEID. He, he goes well. He explains it all and he's telling me what this piece is and how that is. And he took me right over and showed me how they hook it up and how they flush it out and um, just understanding. It's it's like building a car, right? You build it from nuts and bolts right up to the finished product, and in that process, you should learn how not to seize an engine, Mm
0: (laughs) right?
1: So (laughs) when I first became a trustee there, I'm in my third term there. uh, When I first came in, I said, I need a tour. I need to understand, like when you're talking about a pump station, what does a pump station look like? And so now when Nathan and I are out driving around town, I'll say, I've been in that little tiny brick building and I know Uh what's in there. And, you know, seeing the pumps and how they how they work and the generators that have to kick in when the power goes out and there's there's so much to it but what i love about the water district is it's one topic right it's so refreshing after being at a school board meeting where we're talking about all the things education and you know just the all the complexities of the facilities and the kids and the different ages and you know grade configurations and catchment areas and then i go to the water district because then it's like just water (laughs) water and we're gonna (laughs) you know we're gonna pump out all the fire hydrants and you know like all the different things that they do and oh you know mrs jones up on union had another leak and (laughs) got her fixed you know it's it's such a i mean there's still all the budgeting and the agm meetings and all of that kind of business side of it, but it's, it's one topic and it's very refreshing because it's from the Okanagan Lake.
0: So I get the impression that curiosity is, is key to be a trustee, to be a good trustee. You have to, you know, want to know how stuff works and you want to have to continue to develop your ideas around how that, why did that come about and ask critical questions, that kind of thing. With the municipal election coming up, And, you know, for school trustee as well as for different positions. Is curiosity probably one of the big traits? Or would you say that there's other traits necessary?
1: Curiosity is key. I mean, we're elected officials to represent the community. We're not hired expertise, right? So we're people from the community coming in and representing the people that live next door to us. So to come in and ask questions, that is... That is huge. I I go into most meetings with a list of questions and it's it's really good when you're working with people who are experts in their field and it happens both at the water district and at the school district. When you're sitting there and they're doing a presentation and you come in with nine questions, if you listen long enough, they will likely answer all nine questions. But if you interrupt them, you know, you can and ask your questions, but... I find I just check them off as they go, and I, I usually don't ask them again unless I need clarity, but yeah, that curiosity, understanding, help me understand why, why would the water district build a pump station coming from Okanagan Lake to come up when we have water coming by gravity? What's the, like, why would you do that? And the answer is Quality. The coolest answer that goes even one level further is that we're at net zero because we allow that gravity fed water to feed back into the lake so what we pull out is also being replaced
0: interesting okay so it the curiosity and i and i think that goes through for a lot of things which is and when i move through the community and i talk to people about who they would want to see put their their hat in the ring for different positions they want to critical questions made but they also want them to be effective they you know i for instance city staff probably has the question or or the answer to the question but as you stated sometimes waiting for the answer to just fall out of their mouths is probably the best way in reading your briefs but being curious about how does that work and maybe asking a what some can deem a stupid question but it's the elephant in the room that nobody's asking about mm-hmm. i think that would be the other thing
1: yeah yeah it's key and i learned this from gail given um just read everything you have to read everything you have to know what these what they're presenting right and then let them let them shine you have staff who were hired for a reason let them be good at what they do and then if you need clarity help the help the community understand what's happening why why do you call it the term that you call it when it doesn't sound like the right thing? Like there's there's usually an answer to these things when things don't quite make sense. And yeah, curiosity is good.
0: So when you have city staff and you're going to, well, we'll say it's uh, staff at the water district. What I find the skilled politicians do very well is they alert staff that they're going to ask a question publicly. And they don't want to sideswipe them. And I I find it very interesting that certain people that love, you know, to be seen as adversarial and and they are getting the job done. And they ask these questions of of staff that haven't had time to prepare a thoughtful answer. So is that something that you've seen done is, uh, you know, basically asking a question that you know that they're well prepared for the answer so that you don't have to grandstand so much?
1: Oh, definitely. Especially in a public meeting. Our job is not to embarrass the staff. Our job is to work with them and to you know, get them opportunities to explain what they're doing so that the public understands. So yeah, I will. I'm big on calling ahead and saying I'm going to ask you about this. And then sometimes in those conversations, the answer that you get is mm, do you really want to like not not that the staff would say that, but Sometimes I'll call the superintendent or the secretary treasurer and ask, you know, I, I'm not understanding this, and I think you're going to want to bring more information. But, you know, it's it's polite. Like, we're not in the business of beating people up or embarrassing them. But, yeah, giving them a heads up is always kind.
0: So you want to have um, the right people running for... Say a school trustee, or or for the uh, the water, the Glenmore Ellison Improvement District trustee. I always love saying that. Um, and and if you were to make a pitch to them, much like Raleigh did with you, what would you tell them on the school trustee side? Let's start there. What would you? That somebody is not sure if they want to run, um, because it takes time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes resources. It takes time away from family. It does a whole bunch of things, sometimes thankless, most of the time. Um, But what would you tell them if you think that they have the talent and the knowledge and and they have the the fortitude to, to do it well? What would you tell them?
1: I would tell them, research what you're getting into, like, attend meetings, look through the website, look at the policies. What, what exactly is the business of schools and what can you, what can you contribute, you know, like people, people coming in with, like I said, a bee in their bonnet and they campaign on that usually often don't get elected. And there was a lady in Vancouver who I know quite well, and we were both running at the same time and she ran on one topic. And I ran to get elected. And there's a big difference in those campaigns. And I was actually jealous of her. She was getting all kinds of airtime. She got national coverage. I thought, whoa, what what am I doing wrong? She didn't get elected. Because the people in the community want to know that it's going to be somebody that can represent them and their issues, not just that one issue. So understanding what the district does, what they stand for, what they, you know, Knowing who the players are at the table too. When you come in, I had so many people to meet when I when I first started because I just scratched the surface. And I wish I could, if I could go back and do it over again, I would probably do more research, more like there's some people who have been involved in PACs and and you know PAC presidents or whatnot and, and really know everybody at the table and it's just kind of an easy transition but i came from the business world and i had kids and it just kind of collided and there we were
0: okay so school trustee that's we've covered that one but what about the the glenmore ellison improvement district trustee like if you were to ask if you look across the community and and think about people you you know that person should run that person should run based on you know we already talked about the curiosity aspect but you think that they can bring something to the table what words would you use to to get them to to run because i think you're one of those people committed to the community that really fundamentally wants to see things improve get better and and so what would your passion plea impassioned plea be to this talented person to to put their hat in the ring for, for something like that.
1: Mm. Consider the cause. Like it, 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 impacts so many people. There's so many things in our community that impact so many people. And I think people are afraid to get involved or they're complacent. They think everything's working fine. You know, it, my world isn't broken. So why fix it? But I went into the water district knowing it wasn't broken But it's an improvement district, and it's continually improving. And if you go hike the flumes up by UBCO, you'll see what we've come from. They had concrete ditches that they used to pump the water through. Your eyes are telling me you did not know that. that. (laughs) So I went and hiked those flume lands and understood the history and the amount of work and the amount of improvement. Imagine those guys back in whenever they built those. Some guy from the 60s if he came back now and could see the pump that we have i don't know how many feet down in the okanagan lake this massive machine that is pumping water up he'd probably fall over you know and just understanding the improvement side of it rather than i got to come in and fix it it's you know just be a part of be part of the cause
0: so this is uh so you are involved in the, the school board. You're involved in the Glenmore Ellison Improvement District. You've, you've done many things around the community. And in, in your eyes, and I ask this of, of all my wonderful guests, but uh, with the municipal election coming up, in, in your eyes, is there some hot topics that you would love to see addressed at the city council level that, um, you know, if you were to put your vote in for somebody... These are the these are the issues that they need to address, and uh, and and again, there's probably more than one. But is there any overriding issues for you as a as someone who lives in the community, works in the community, cares about the community? Is what what issues resonate with you?
1: Mm, there's two really hot ones. I think the city council needs to reconsider their building plan. Um, building up and densifying is. There's, there's a lot of issues that that's creating. I think that needs to be readdressed. Seems to have gone from a pretty tight plan to really ad hoc in some cases. Um, that one I'd like to see addressed. The other one is homelessness. Uh, I don't see their past endeavors being effective with homelessness. So I think that needs to be looked at from a different angle or bring in different voices on that topic because it just seems to be getting worse not better
0: is there any areas around town that you it, it might even be more visible than it was in years previous mm-hmm. homelessness especially
1: mm-hmm. It well it seems to be expanding i mean we're in landmark district right now and you see homeless people all around here you know i think we may need to um they're in different areas of town. They're all over the place. And I think when it starts expanding out is when you need to start looking at the root of the cause of the, you know, the issue. And um, I think that that needs some fresh eyes, I think.
0: Have you, um, and again, it's still early. And I think a lot of people that are running for council probably throw their hat in the ring after September long weekend. like They, they basically wait until the last run-up to October 15th. Um, and and do you think that's... Uh, I mean, I, I can only imagine that's going to be one of the number one hot potato issues heading into that election. And have you heard or seen anything from potential city councillors or potential mayoral candidates that... That seems to, they, in other words, they recognize that that's a big issue. Have yes. you seen any of that? Oh yes. Oh yeah. I have. Oh, you're grinning. <laughs> you know something, I do. Okay, okay.
1: I don't have permission to talk, so.
0: Oh, I love it. Inside track stuff. Okay, so we've we've had these uh, these heavy issues in in front of us. So just for fun, because Lee's got a, a very fun side of her, of course, big side. Uh, concerts. Let's just talk music. Um, is there a concert you've been to that was one of your favorites and a concert you'd like to go to that is in your future, your horizon that before I die, I have to see that artist play or or band or whatever it is?
1: Mm. I am so vanilla, Rick. <laughs> not...
0: I know. Well, I... this could be a family trip though too. So I'm, I'm talking music concerts, but, but maybe there's a trip that that really resonated with you and changed your life. And I, you've told me about one trip that was uh, phenomenal that you said was...
1: Oh, yeah. Travel Travel is a whole different topic for me. I, I, which trip was it that I talked about? Well, the about? trip
0: to Israel.
1: Oh, when yeah. When
0: you said that there was actually missiles mm-hmm. coming towards your area and they were just being knocked down.
1: Yeah. So we were in Israel in 2018 and there was 40-some uh, missiles shot at, at Israel while we were there. And the iron dome, I think they call it was completely engaged. And we, we didn't know until they informed us. And, uh, that trip was arranged by two friends of ours. One is, uh, Arab born in Lebanon, uh, lived in the U S is, he now lives in Hawaii. He met us there and another friend who is, uh, well, we didn't know him before, but he was a tour guide in Israel and now has this um, business where he brings people in and uses the tour company that he used to work for. He is a general in the Israeli Defense Force, so he's very well informed. And he was the one saying, oh, there was more. And we, there, were, there were times were times. <laughs> I don't like you when
0: generals go, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he did it quite a lot, actually. He took us right up on the Golan Heights, and we were looking down over Syria, and you can see it's remarkable. There's like, you know when you look at a map and you can see a line between two countries? You can see it on the ground. Israel is lush and green and and beautiful, and then there's this line, and Syria is just desolation and and dusty desert. Like It was just unbelievable to see it that clearly. But there's also signs in the ditches, saying (laughs) "landmines," all over. So, like, we had to we had to be really cognizant of where we were. But it was a great trip. That was a great trip. That was just. So, did you know
0: you were being fired upon by by numerous missiles?
1: No, they told us later on in the trip. But it's a it's an ongoing thing. They just pick them off in the sky.
0: Okay, our our time's up. But man, I. I had, I learned something from Lee. I was curious and, uh, yeah, I was curious who on earth goes in for the water district as well as for school trustee and, but you like being busy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you make me sound like a real nerd.
0: (laughs) But it's, I'm, I'm so glad there's people in the community, um, that do that because again, a lot of people just like to sit back and criticize, but you decided, no, I'm going to do something about this. And, and so thank you for for being you and, and for actually making a difference. Thank so you. So I appreciate it.
1: Thank you.